Hello, 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 my friends. Whew. Been a few days. Uh, yes, it has. I ended up having to work several more days than I had originally uh, been intending to work. But that's alright. No big deal. Work is actually fun. I still really enjoy my job at Yield GameStop. But, of course, when you have responsibilities like that, you got to put some of the things on the back burner until you have the time to do things. But that's okay. Uh, I really uh, do and genuinely uh, still enjoy what I do. You know, I get to meet a lot of fun people. We share a lot of the same interests, obviously, being gamers. So it, it makes the time go by pretty swiftly. And uh, when you have a vested interest in the job that you do, then it kind of makes the job itself more... Uh, relaxing more fun if you will so definitely uh, no complaints there but this is another brand amazingly new episode of the bard talks podcast today is labor day it is monday september the 6th i believe because god help me if i can ever remember the date does anyone else ever feel like You've just, ever since the pandemic really started hitting hard, that time is just a, an illusion. <laughs> it is just something that we barely hang on to anymore. I mean, for Christ's sake, you know, I still think about a lot of the stuff that I just did in 2019. And here we are almost in 2022. Like, what a what a ride the last couple of years have been. But I hope all of you are still healthy, still safe, still doing well. Um... I did have uh, several topics in mind, actually, for this, so I'm just going to try to go with it, kind of make it ebb and flow a little bit, you know, the style that I do my podcasts in. Um, I am very, very close to moving into a newer, bigger home for my growing family, and once that is complete here in the next couple of weeks, then I will have a little space to record these podcasts, and I'll be able to actually have a, uh, a little studio, if you will, so we can definitely pick up the pace on getting people involved, um, getting some guests in. Again, you know, as, as you all have heard on previous episodes, uh, I've had my buddy Gary from at Gary Likes Games join me, and then I have a few other friends who have, have started to show an interest in joining me, so I think we're going to be able to do a lot of good stuff with that. And then I'm also going to start reaching out to people in the industry to see if I can get uh, some insight, you know, on uh, the inner workings of, of all the things that we love on, you know, developing and publishing and even down to marketing and uh, pricing, you know, and, and it all sounds a little nuanced and whatnot, but I think uh, one way to truly appreciate the hobbies and interests that we all have is by understanding all of its aspects. You know, and just based on that, uh, the feedback I've gotten from the conversation I had a little over a week ago with Gary about game prices and stuff like that, it seems that uh, a good bit of y'all are actually interested in this kind of topic. So, see, so I'm going to have uh, more friends join and stuff like that, but I am going to start reaching out to other people and uh, hopefully get some. I'm not saying I'm going to get like Todd Howard to join because really, uh, if I ever got Todd Howard to join, um, it would be the last time he would ever do anything <laughs> with me because I would just in my first 10 minutes going, where's Elder Scrolls 6? What's the info? What's the update? Give me all the information you can. Quit remaking Skyrim because that evil genius that he is, you know, he knows we're going to eat it up. I mean, that 10th anniversary edition of Skyrim coming out, 
I swore to myself I wouldn't buy it. I wasn't going to get involved in another uh, copy of Skyrim because I own it on four different platforms right now. But lo and behold, looking at some of the add-ons and whatnot, I mean, fishing. You know, they're giving us fishing in Skyrim now. Like, well, son of a bitch, I'm in. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's do that. Because why not, you know? Uh, loyal to a fault, I guess, and a very large fault that it is. But um, this has been a, uh, a good Labor Day, you know? It's actually, I had a day off of work, got to do a lot of gaming, did some cooking, hung out with my family all day. And uh, I hope you all have enjoyed your holiday as well. I hope you've gotten uh, enjoyment out of the long weekend. And I hope that you have accomplished some of your gaming goals or your anime goals or movie goals, book goals, whatever goals of your hobbies of interest that you have. I hope you're able to make some headway on that. Or at the very least, I hope you're able to relax and just vibe, you know, because we've got another week coming up uh, and we, we're going to hit the ground running tomorrow. You know, I go back to work tomorrow, so we'll... Uh, We'll see what the new week brings. But I will. I do want to start off by talking about a game that I've been playing recently. Uh, it's new to the Switch and the PS4, I believe. Um, I'm, I don't believe it's on Xbox. Not that I've seen, anyway. But it is called Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, um, published by Xseed. And uh, I believe the developer was Idlewiss or Idlewiss, or I, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. But uh, the publisher is the same studio who brought you several uh, JRPG titles and other titles like the Shadowverse game on Switch and, and some other things like that. And it's actually been a really enjoyable playthrough so far. I haven't completed the game yet, but just judging by what I have been able to do, it's, it's really fascinating. It's, it's actually a, a breath of fresh air because it kind of has it's an amalgamation of different uh, types of games that I enjoy playing. Um, in Sukuna of Rice and Ruin, you are the, the titular character of Sukuna. She's a harvest goddess who kind of is a spoiled brat. Like, she, uh, she really expects everything to be handed to her. She really lets the title of goddess go to her head. And um, she is basically seen at the beginning of this game enjoying a feast, a little festival amongst all the gods and goddesses of this pantheon that she's a part of. And there's a group of humans that kind of kind of break into this feast. And she's trying to track them down and get them to leave because humans are not supposed to be where the gods and goddesses are. And she ends up getting in some trouble with the, uh, the head goddess, the queen of gods, if you will, the, the lady who runs the show. And so to kind of teach uh, Sukuna a lesson, she banishes uh, Sukuna and the humans to an isle of demons. And on this isle of demons, you are you basically inherit a little little homestead, if you will, that Sukuna's parents, who are notable god, a uh, notable god and goddess who basically have just conquered all these demons and brought so much fruit and, and bounty to, to mankind's harvest and whatnot. And so you're on this isle of demons and you, you take over her parents' old home and the humans are there to help you. They don't fight with you or anything, but the, one of them helps you uh, with blacksmithing, one of them helps you with cooking, and one of them helps you with a little farming. And that's where one of the aspects of this game kind of comes into play that I enjoy, because you have a rice paddy, and you have to tend to it. You know, you plant your rice, you have to make sure water gets into your rice paddy, you have to pull weeds out of it, and the more prosperous your rice paddy is, uh, that's how Sukuna gets her stats bumped up. That's how you make her more powerful. 
And once you're done, you know, with your daily stuff on your little farm there, your little homestead, you go out to different parts of this island and you and then it turns into a essentially a side scrolling uh, action adventure type game where you're going through these little areas of the map. Uh, side scrolling your way through and you fight different enemies different demons and along the way you collect uh, stuff to level up your character but also materials for making new weapons or materials for cooking to to give you more bonuses or materials for blacksmithing you know to uh to get you stronger weapons and things like that and you also learn special attacks and abilities along the way and so it's a pretty cool little deal where you go from having like this little little area where you basically do a, a harvest moon type gameplay stardew valley type gameplay and then it goes into side scrolling let's go uh, slay some demons you know and and you have to clear this island you have to basically rid the island of demons conquer some bosses and go on from there now i haven't played all the way through the game yet but i will say uh the price of the game on switch and ps4 is 39.99 and that's not a bad price. And the game, the gameplay itself, from what I've experienced so far, is uh, I give it a 5 out of 5 uh, loots. You know, my official bard rating system. But I do, I, as much as I recommend y'all getting the game, playing the game, you know, and, and enjoying the heck out of it, I also, just based on gameplay that I've gone through so far and what the game offers as far as mechanics and, and the detail and the nuances and all of it that, that kind of comes in one big envelope there, uh, there is no harm in waiting a little bit of a sale. I think 40 was a little high based on what all you get from it. But if you do want to enjoy and, you know, go out and pick it up right now, I, I definitely recommend it. But if you are on a budget like I often am, um, then I definitely recommend waiting on a sale. Uh, because I think it's more, it's it's really more of a $30 game, $25, $30 game, in my opinion. Just, just an opinion. And... And I really want to be honest, you know, and forth, forthcoming with y'all about this kind of stuff. Because when I get new games into my store, uh, I have a, you know, we have a policy there where we're allowed to check games out for four days at a time. So basically, I am able to test these games, play them. And it helps me in my job with recommendations, but it also helps me here because I, I want to recommend y'all, you know, to play these games. And just, you know, to show you that I'm not some kind of corporate shill, it's... I'm not telling you to, you have to go to GameStop and buy it, you know, like, no, wait for a sale on the eShop or wait for a sale on the PlayStation store and, and get it that way if, if you really want to get it, but you're on a tight budget constraint. There's no harm there. But uh, Sukuna of Rice and Ruin, uh, look it up, see who's playing it on Twitch, watch some YouTube videos about it, uh, give it a try if you're able to, because it has been a super uh, enjoyable experience and a, a breath of fresh air, really, you know. Because I have been, you know, wrapped up in some comfort games lately as far as Stardew and Spirit Fair and stuff like that. And before that, I was really grinding through Nino Kuni when I beat that. And then Bravely Default 2, uh, another run through of Octopath. So I kind of went from, you know, these uh, adventure-filled JRPGs to my comfort game zone. And now I'm kind of going back into a, uh, a, a new game type of feel like I want to go find some new games play them out and talk to y'all about them because that's one thing about my podcast that I like doing I like to find new games new anime new whatever and give an opinion to y'all just kind of share the interest with y'all because we all are gamers you know if you're listening to my podcast you're most likely a gamer or an anime fan or a, a book fan or manga fan or collectible fan you know stuff like that we have similar interests and and I really want to uh keep using this platform to, to share with y'all what I'm enjoying. 
and it's not always going to be brand new stuff. You know, I, I do like to touch on older stuff that I like, but but it's fun. It's, this is a really fun back and forth kind of thing because I like hearing y'all's opinions, you know, and, and after you get done listening to this podcast, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Bard Plays Games. Uh, if you've already played Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, uh, let me know. Let me know what your thoughts on it were. Or if you have other games in mind that are similar to what I've described, you know, let me know because I'm always wanting to play something uh, different, something new, something new to me anyway. But having uh, discussed that little bit with y'all, uh, I did see a question on Twitter uh, right before I started uh, recording this podcast, and I actually really want to make sure I attribute this uh, to the correct person. But let's see here. Uh, Stephanie Miner on Twitter. She goes, uh, her Twitter handle is at DieHardDragon. She actually asked a very interesting uh, question earlier, or, or yesterday, I should say, but I just saw it today, so I really want to uh, to pose it to y'all. And it is, uh, it, do you have to beat a game 100% to have a valid opinion to review it, give it a score? And I, and apparently 92% of other people who voted on her poll, uh, said no. And I really stand by that because you don't have to, you know, it, it's a, it's like anything really. If you're reading a book and you're really enjoying the book so far and you know, and, and you want to tell somebody about it, you talk about it. You're in the middle of a game that you just picked up. You want to tell somebody about it. You talk about it. That's a review. Anytime you're having a conversation with somebody about something that you're interested in. And even if you haven't finished it, you're giving a review based on what you've, you know, uh, based on what you've, soaked in so far. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to 100% complete a game to give an honest review or score on it, because there's nothing that says you can't go back later and amend your previous review. I could get to the end of Sakuna of Rice and Ruin and really have, you know, disliked how the game wraps up. And then I can give you a, another updated opinion on it. But just based on what I like and the history of gaming that I have and, and the things that speak to me and coupling that with my experience so far of this game, I feel very confident, comfortable giving you all positive review about it because it is a really enjoyable game. Um, but no, I, I, I truly don't believe you need to give, uh, you need to 100% a game or a book or, a, you know, anything of that nature to give a review or a score about it. You really don't. Because how often does, uh, you know, when you're looking up a review of a game or a movie or something, how often do you look for that little tidbit in there? How often do you say, well, that person hasn't finished the game yet, but they're telling me it's actually really fun. Uh, I need somebody who's actually finished the entire thing, every side quest, every mission, every little detail, 100% completed it. Because you're just not going to find that. You know, that's not a real life reflection of most gamers, I think. I would venture to say that the majority of us either game hop or we get burned out, or we take breaks, you know, and we we go on to something else that we're interested in, you know, or we take a step away from a game, then we come back to it, we're like, well, the interest has kind of waned, so we want to start up something else. You know, that's how most of us tend to game, or we have this these expansive backlogs of games that we've kind of touched on a little bit here and there, but then we find something new and flashy that we want to play. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to have a 100% completion record of every single game, every single thing you want to talk about, you know, in your belt. You don't, you don't have to uh, be a perfect gamer. And yeah, I understand people like Kotaku, IGN, uh, you know, Destructoid, 
or any of wherever you choose to get your game reviews from, you know, YouTube channels, whatever, you know, there are people who do that and they do that for a living. And that's a thing. But most of us have jobs, families, responsibilities. If we had to wait and to give a review or talk about a game until we 100% completed a game, some of us wouldn't be able to actually talk about that game for months at a time because life just tends to get in the way or interests kind of come and go or, or whatever. And, you know, and that, uh, you know, a little anecdote there, a little subsection of this, uh, there's something to be said about that, that enthralling and emotional feeling of when you get a little bug in your ear, you know, about, or a little, a little, a little pull on the heartstrings. Uh, when you hear somebody mention a game you haven't played in a long time, or you hear somebody just talk about a little tidbit of a game that you've been kind of interested in, you know, but you haven't really given it uh, a go yet. But when you get that little emotional feel, when you get that little addictive feel like, man, oh, that game sounds like so much fun, or I haven't played that game in such a long time, and then you've got that urge, that desire, that necessity to uh, to dive in head first, and you become, you know, just obsessed with it. You become enthralled with it. You, it becomes what you want to do morning, afternoon, and night, you know? Like, it's... Uh, I, I think that feeling is great. I think that's one of the best feelings we have as gamers, you know, aside from uh, completing a game maybe and, and getting that satisfaction at the end of it. But just that obsessive feeling that we get or that really energetic and passionate feeling that we get when we pick a, when we pick up on a game that, that we have not touched on a while, you know, or we haven't played in a while or that we haven't thought about in a while. You're like, Oh man, you know, I haven't, I haven't played, uh, Harvest Moon 64 in a long time, but wow, that sounds really fun. Or, oh man, I haven't played Final Fantasy V in a long time, but wow, I really want to do that, you know? Or or you get hyped for a new game that's coming out and then it drops and you're just all about it. Like, you know, hype around Back for Blood or hype around uh, Elden Ring, you know, or Halo Infinite, you know, whatever, you know, pick your poison. But that little emotional feeling of getting wrapped up in a game so tightly, even if it, and it often is, uh, even if it is, you know, it often is a very fleeting feeling. You're like that for a few days, and then it kind of wanes a little bit. But those few days, uh, I wouldn't trade that emotional roller coaster for anything because that's such a fun time. That's such a, a a great way to escape some of the problems you're having in reality, some of the stress and anxiety of your day to day life. Uh, it's it's wonderful. It's such a such a great uh, uplifting serotonin inducing feeling. So that is something that I think as gamers we should never take for granted because that day may come where we, you know, and it comes for everybody. I shouldn't say that day may come, but there, there's always days where we just, we reach the end of a rope with gaming. You know, we get a little burned out. We don't touch a game for a while. We don't touch a system for a while. We binge anime. We watch some movies, you know, we read some books, you know, even if you're an outdoors type person, you might say, all right, I'm taking some days off from gaming. I'm going to go for a hike or I'm going to go fishing or whatever have you. But and that and that's a, a bad feeling sometimes when you get burned out on gaming in general because then you're trying to, you know, you kind of miss that little bit of your life. It feels like a little part of you is just kind of faded away. But then eventually and inevitably it rolls back around and then you just dive headfirst into gaming again. So, you know, you pick up on some titles that, that you've been wanting to play or whatever and you just get that obsessive urgency to play them. And it's a it's a wonderful time, you know, and it's it's a feeling that I just absolutely adore and love. But uh, to wrap that into my previous point there, no, you do not have to have 100% completed a game to give a, a review or a score about it. Because if you've been gaming for longer than a month, you know what you like. 
you know, you know what you're about, you know, your interests, you know, your disinterests, you know, what you, what you enjoy and what you steer clear of. But I want to hear from you because I think, uh, Stephanie Miner there, I think she has a really great question and I want my audience here to, to give me some feedback on it at Bard plays games on Twitter. Hit me up. Uh, do you feel you need to 100% complete a game to give an honest review of it or give a score of it or, or even openly discuss it really on a, on a platform, you know, a content creating platform. Because again, like I said, I know everything is subjective. It, it's purely an opinion, but I just really don't think we do. I really, really, really don't think we do. But to segue, because my ability to segue and transition into other topics is infamous for being clunky and terrible. <laughs> Uh, it's been, uh, you know, I want to know if y'all have seen this in your area because something interesting has been happening at my job and it's happening at not just my, uh, place of business, but anywhere that sells games, the apparent lack and the real life lack of PS fives has spurred a second wave of life and obsession into PlayStation fours. Uh, I get about Anywhere from 8 to 15 phone calls a day asking if we have PlayStation 4 consoles, asking if we have PlayStation 4 controllers, you know, uh, asking if we have certain accessories for PlayStation 4s. And it's gotten to a point now where, as of uh, yesterday, the GameStop website was sold out of PlayStation 4 controllers. We couldn't even get them refurbished. And that's kind of interesting to me. Like, is this a thing that is new? Because I don't recall this happening with the PS3 when the PS4 was new. But then again, the supply of PS4s was much more accessible than the PS5. And likewise, the supply of Xbox Ones was much more accessible than the Series X. Which, though, to be fair, it does seem to be a little bit easier, although not entirely simple, to get your hands on an Xbox Series X. But this renaissance of PlayStation 4, you know, it, it really kind of brought a question to my mind. Is, is it worth exploring? Is it worth going, hey, you know, there's a revitalization here of the PlayStation 4. Why can we not? And other, you know, take the economics aside. I understand the economic reasoning. I do. But just from a fan service aspect or nostalgia aspect, because nostalgia can bring can't, uh, words are hard, aren't they? Nostalgia can breed economic impact, but imagine the landscape of if Nintendo started producing GameCubes again, or if Microsoft decided to release the original Xbox again. And I'm not talking about stuff like the NES Mini or the PlayStation Mini or, you know, those plug and play old, uh, you know, consoles that were just basically an homage to the original consoles. But an influx of those, you know, because the retro game market has, is thriving. It is a very real and powerful economic standpoint right now to where uh, game values, old game systems, old game, uh, old game, you know, games themselves, older games themselves are, are just skyrocketing in value. And that that's, in a, you know, a variety of reasons. You know, the pandemic really helped pick a lot of that up. But the popularity of older games is also uh, soaring again. And it's kind of interesting to me that these companies would not want to kind of tap in on that since supply chains are running low. 
as far as getting more PS5s in production or getting uh, more Xbox Series Xs in production or what have you, uh, I wonder if they would ever consider bringing those consoles back. Because then I think it'd be kind of cool. I really do. Because I think it'd be interesting to have new Nintendo 64 games come out all this time later. Because there's definitely a market here. There's definitely a, a, a loyalty, an adoration for those type of things. And I think it's something worth exploring. Do I honestly think they'll ever do it? No, of course not. I know they won't do it. But I think the idea of, of it and just discussing it is pretty interesting. Because there's some valid... Uh, points to be made there to support that theory, to support that stand, that uh, point of view. Because honestly, if they came out tomorrow and said, hey, we're reproducing the Super Nintendo, and you know we've got some developers who are going to make some new JRPGs for it, I would be all about it. And I think, there's, I think there's enough people that would lend support and credibility to that idea that it would be worth the time. But of course, as with all things, you know, uh, the you know especially in the in the realm of gaming and technology in general you tend to look more forward instead of backwards so I don't think it'll actually happen but I think it's kind of fun to play around with and to think about the possibilities that they could uh, that that could conjure up but those are just some of the things that have been on my mind the last couple of days um, let me know uh, your thoughts on anything I've discussed here so far. I will give a little bit of a, a couple of seconds here, if you will, a couple little minutes here, uh, because I, as I said in previous podcasts, you know, I am an avid sports fan, um, and it was a tumultuous weekend uh, in the realm of college football, in the realm of international soccer, uh, you know, uh, the realm of uh, Formula One racing. I mean, there's a lot of great events going on. Um, but I, I still want to hear from y'all in that area, like especially international soccer, you know, because soccer is the world sport and uh, you got World Cup qualifying going on right now. And my I, I do uh, I do enjoy watching the United States men's national team, although lately they've been kind of not so uh, impressive for being the 10th ranked team in the world. Kind of wondering what's going on with that situation. I definitely would like to hear from y'all if you all are soccer fans, kind of give some more insight to that. I do support England as well and Ireland as well because of ancestral reasons. Uh, England is performing wonderfully so far. Ireland will do what they do best and fail to qualify for the World Cup because it's just what we do, apparently. But if you're an international soccer fan or you have a, you're have, just a soccer fan in general, uh, let me know your, your countries that you support. Let me know the teams and the leagues you support, you know? Because as gamers, I think it's far too often assumed that we don't have any interest outside of geeky, nerdy stuff, and I know that's definitely not true. So I, I really do appreciate y'all listening to this episode. I hope you uh, enjoyed some of the stuff that I discussed here. Hope I didn't ramble your ear off too long. Um, let me know when you'd like to come on my show. Let me know if there's something you want to talk about. I say this every single time I record an episode. And a few of you have reached out to me, and I'm going to get that in the works. But also let me know who I should be asking to join me. And also, before I recorded this podcast, I put a tweet out asking for content creator suggestions because I want to promote other people. And I will go ahead and say that um, a few of you have responded to me, which is fantastic. But uh, a good, 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 good friend of mine uh, went ahead and ref referred me to uh, recommend a Twitch streamer. And I am definitely going to give a little shout out. Uh, tonight, I'm hoping that this person is streaming because I really want to go check that person out. I want to see how they're uh, 
how their stream goes. And, and they're a small streamer, which is perfectly fine because we need to support all of our all of us fellow content creators, you know, regardless of level of popularity, especially, and I say regardless of level of popularity, but more so the people who don't get enough exposure, you know, the, the people who you have to kind of click back through a few pages on Twitch to find or on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever they are that they're creating their, their content, you know, we want to bring those people up, you know. So I will say that uh, Neon Beat Games, you can find that person on Twitter at Neon Beat Games. Uh, they are a Twitch streamer, twitch.tv slash Neon Beat Games. Uh, looks like they like to stream a lot of Genshin Impact, which I am still thinking I'm going to end up getting back into. I've been trying to avoid it, but that game is super fun. Even for a gacha game, it is actually really, really enjoyable. So definitely go check that person out on Twitter. Go do that. And uh, let's let's give some support to the smaller streamers because we need to, like I said, this is one big community we have. We need more positivity in it. We need more good vibes in it. And we all need to just kind of reach out and bring each other up to make the most out of this experience that we all share. So yeah, definitely go uh, check out Neon Beat Games, Neon Beat Games on Twitter, or on Twitter, on Twitch, and then on Twitter at Neon Beat Games 1. And I am really grateful for that suggestion. But if there's someone also you want me to, to give a shout out to, to, uh, to uh, spread the good word about on Wednesday's episode, because I will be back on Wednesday evening. Um, I have a good anime episode in store for that one. Got some stuff I want to discuss there. Uh, let me know. At Bard Plays Games on Twitter. Hit me up with some information, with some names, with some, uh, some places we can find these content creators that you feel deserve more exposure. And I think we'll have a good time. So I appreciate y'all listening. I am very grateful that y'all have still stuck around with me. Episode 23 already. Uh, this is going so much better than I ever thought it would. And I am thrilled to be able to keep doing this. And that I love to keep doing this. So thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Uh, let's go into this week strong. Let's have a damn good time. And let's make sure that we're just being kind, being positive, being... Uh, just being good people, because right now the world is just burning all around us, so we need that good energy, those good vibes to be floating around everywhere. And as always, because I will never back away from this point, uh, if you have not done so yet but are able to do so, please get vaccinated. You know, this is looking worse and worse all the time, so at the very least, protect yourself, protect your loved ones, and protect people around you that you don't even know you're protecting. But please go get vaccinated. You know, we're eventually this will stop. I have to keep believing that because we can't let go of that hope. So I love each and every one of you. I hope you all have a great uh, beginning of your week since this holiday is wrapping up now. And I hope you all play some awesome games. I'll talk to you all Wednesday. Love each and every one of you.